1: This is the Lombardi Line on a Tuesday. Welcome in this show, as always, presented by DraftKings. Alongside Will Hill today, Stormy Bond and Tony with you. In for Michael as he travels back. He spent the entire week with us out here in Las Vegas at Media Row covering the big game, but finally allowed to go back out to the East Coast. So, Will, uh, as I am still reeling from the 49ers' loss, very grateful to have you step in today and hopefully raise the spirits a little bit.
2: I don't know that I can do that. I've never been known as a spirit raiser. Boy, that was a tough one. I'm sure we'll get into it. That's about as bad as it gets. Uh, Lombardi, Lombardi's in for a rude awakening. It's beautiful out in Las Vegas, I'm assuming. And he's going to come back to a bunch of snow, some cold weather. So I'm not sure how much he's going to like that. But yeah, excited. It should be a fun two hours.
1: Yeah, we're seeing all the blizzard conditions out on the East Coast right now for sure. Um, but Will Hill, of course, hosts the Should Have Bet More podcast. You can also catch him on the Bear Bets podcast with Chris Valica. And I know you and Gil Alexander did kind of an instant reaction action podcast post super bowl where the chiefs of course beat the san francisco 49ers 25 22 in case you missed it but i don't know how anybody could have missed it because it was the most viewed in super bowl history uh what are the numbers here exactly that came out 123.4 million viewers reported by cbs over 200 million watched all or part of the game across their various platforms will but what were some of the big takeaways that you had from the game when you walked away from this one
2: you're not going to like this, but to me, that's the most painful loss anybody's had in the NFL, probably since the Falcons 28 to 3. I mean, when you consider the stakes of the game, the circumstances of the game, how many times the 49ers have been there or been close. Now you could say Detroit was pretty close two weeks ago, but that was to get to a Super Bowl, not to win a Super Bowl. Uh, And you you talked about it yesterday. I mean, they they had so many chances early to put that game away and go up 17 to three, maybe go up by 14, 17 points. As great as Mahomes is, if you get him down two touchdowns, I don't know that he's getting off the mat. You never count him out, but I don't think – Uh, He would have, of course, the punt that gets deflected off the foot was self-inflicted the sequence at the end. And and Lombardi did a good job covering it. I texted Mm -hmm. him uh, Monday morning. I was, it was yesterday. I was like, man the play that sticks with me. uh, If I'm a 49er is second and five with like two and a half minutes left in the fourth quarter, they threw it. They got a yard to me, just run the ball three times there. You're going to get your five yards. Uh, The defense for Kansas city was tired. Uh you you know, you could just you you run McCaffrey, you have so many different ball carriers, you have so many different options, you're a creative play caller. Again, it's playing the results. If Kittle takes that pass eight yards, you know, you're gonna be able to basically run out the clock, kick a field goal, and either win it or go to overtime. And Moody ended up making the kick, give him credit. To me, that's the sequence, though. Second and five, you're gashing them, just run it three times. You're gonna get your five yards, you're gonna take all their timeouts and Well, I felt in the moment that was it. I just felt like they had the uh, the 49ers on the ropes where I didn't think Chiefs were going to get the ball back. It was really similar to last year's Super Bowl where the Chiefs got the ball back in a tie game against the Eagles with sort of the perfect amount of time where, hey, if we do this properly, if we matriculate properly, We can score, we can run out the clock, uh, just, you know, short passes, completions, first downs. just run the clock, keep this thing moving. I I really thought they were going to do it. So they had a bunch of opportunities early. They had a bunch of opportunities late. That's just that's as painful a loss. I mean, as you know, that's as painful a loss as you can have. They should have won that game. They were the better team. Uh, I'm I'm somebody to pick Kansas City on all these shows. If you play that game 10 times, 49ers probably win six. They're not going to win seven or eight, but they probably win six. They were the better team. And it's ironic. Uh, I mentioned this on my podcast. Todd Wishneff, who does the "Beating the Book" podcast with us, uh, he texted us and was well put. He he said it's ironic because the 49ers had no business beating the Packers. They had no business beating the Lions, but then they had no business losing to the Chiefs. So the, the games they should have lost, they won, and vice versa. So. Uh, I I don't know if you agree, disagree with any of that, but just a brutal gut-wrenching loss for the 49ers. I
1: I think that's a really good way to put it because 100% the best game that they played in the playoffs was the Super Bowl, and they got away with one against the Packers. They got away with one against the Lions games. They probably shouldn't have won. And then, you know, sometimes that's just the way that the cookie crumbles, I guess. And what's yes, the, the, the instance that you referenced there um, was one that was very frustrating where you wish that they would have run the football, but in the moment, like if they do end up getting that first down and goes for, eight yards, you probably obviously feel differently. It's just, for me, you've got to keep the chains moving there and take up as much clock as humanly possible to kick that field goal where there's next to no time left, or it's one of those walk-off field goals. And whenever you give Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs any time, how comfortable did Patrick Mahomes look late in that game? Just easy, marching down the field like it was nothing. And that's just what we've come to expect from him. And it's tough as a 49er fan, especially considering the last two times that the 49ers have been in this spot to compete for and win a t- win a Super Bowl. They've had a 10-point lead in the game against the San- Kansas City Chiefs, and they've lost the game. And even looking at, at some of these notes in here where there have been six teams now to give up a 10-point lead in the Super Bowl, Shanahan has lost three of those games as a head coach or a coordinator. Meanwhile, Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid have won three of them, two against San Francisco, and last year had a 10-point deficit against the Eagles where they came back and won after halftime. So it's just, it's what the Chiefs do. They're comfortable in those moments. And they even talked about it after the game that they're used to that and the 49ers weren't.
2: Yeah. And you felt it coming the whole way. I'm sure you had a feeling watching the game like I did, like, hey, you better put this team away. You have them on the ropes. It's almost like in baseball where you have the bases loaded in the first inning, you have the bases loaded in the second, inning, and you look up and you only had like one run. It's like, man, one hit here or there. We could have three, four, five runs. And you just you let a great player hang around. You, you get what you deserve, and they just let him hang around. I thought too much was made of um, like I would have taken the I would have played defense in overtime. I would have I, I just. I want a situation where Mahomes gets the ball first. And then if it's fourth down in his own territory, you make him make a decision. Maybe he punched the ball away, then you can win on a field goal. So I would have gone second, but I don't think it was a glaring error. I really don't. No, there's, a, there's 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 a, a certainly a case. Yeah, go ahead.
1: Well, here's where I sit on that. What what frustrates me a little bit more about the taking the ball first is the rationale that Shanahan gave afterwards because I felt more comfortable, similar, similar to what Tony Romo was saying during the broadcast to give Shanahan a little bit of an out. The defense is probably a little bit tired. Kansas City's been gashing you at this point. Give them a step back, give them a break, and take the ball first. I could have been more accepting of it had that been the reason versus talking about, well, we want to get the ball third and then have the opportunity in a sudden death situation. Instead of just saying... Why, why are we going to try to take the ball and and give Patrick Mahomes four downs? Like, I, I think right. that you want to find out personally and you can tell me if you agree or disagree, but I would like to find out what we need to win the game in that instance versus giving Patrick Mahomes the opportunity.
2: I agree with all that. I will say it's a very close call because going through it is an advantage. Let's just say we trade. Sure. Three and but
1: why are we thinking that far ahead? You know,
2: uh, it's part of it if we trade field goals the third the third at bat is the key because now i went on my third at bat and you don't get a fourth at bat so there it's But they defensible. didn't get a
1: third at bat that's my no, that's my issue I know
2: I know but that's But we don't know that going in. I mean, I don't know. Did you have a major problem? Like when the, when overtime started, did you have a major problem? Like, Oh my God, I can't believe we're, uh, we're we're taking the ball here.
1: I said, why the hell did they do that? Okay. Maybe they're, maybe they're, maybe they're really tired and maybe they really, really need to give them a break. And so that's, that is, that is a rationale. I could have been a lot more accepting of versus what Kyle Shanahan had to say post gaming when we do have that sound. So let's take a listen to the 49ers head coach quickly.
0: Uh, It's just something we talked about with you know, none of us have a ton of experience of it, but we went through all the analytics and talked with those guys. And we just thought it'd be better. We wanted the ball third. Um, if both teams matched and scored, we wanted to be the ones who had the chance to go win. And um, we got that field goal, so we knew we had to hold them to at least a field goal. And if if we did, then we thought it was in our hands after that.
1: So you hear that, Will, but then you also hear from all of the 49ers players afterwards that, that's like, they didn't, didn't know, know, the the rules. The rules. And, know the rules. And uh, that's unacceptable in my mind.
2: Got to know the rules. Now I don't think it had an impact. Like the 49ers weren't going to score a touchdown if they knew the rules, or they weren't going to—they didn't give up a touchdown because they didn't know the rules. Right. But I totally agree. You got to be prepared. Like uh, Belichick, who like he, you know nobody wants to hire. I can, I can promise you, if that's Belichick's team, they're prepared. They know the rules. Like Andy Reid's team knew the rules. You, you got to know the rules. I know it's confusing, and even the announcers, I didn't think did a great job because remember the clock is winding down. The clock is about to run out in that first overtime. And even I'm who I, you know, I, I'm I in the top, you know, whatever percent of knowing these rules. I'm like, wait, does the clock matter? Do they have to score before it runs out? Yeah. I don't think that was properly explained to us. They didn't really mention that, that, hey, the clock really doesn't matter here. They get to finish their drive no matter what. It was a little confusing. But, yeah, I, I agree. You got to know the rules. And again, I, I would have played defense here. I understand the uh, the hey, if we match, we get it third. I, I wouldn't have done it. Um, one thing I don't know that's gotten enough attention and Shanahan's never great with the timeouts. Before the end of the first half, he just let Kansas City kind of run out the clock where he didn't call his timeouts. He wasn't aggressive calling his timeouts, and he only got it with 20 seconds left. He could have called one earlier and got it, uh, got the ball back with maybe like 48, 50 seconds left, giving himself a chance to get in field goal range. That's just never what he's going to do, though. He's always conservative with these timeouts. I don't know if deep down he trusts Purdy. I know he never trusted Garoppolo, but I think he cost himself a possession at the end of the first half. So. Look, I give him credit for this, though. I would not have gone for that force and three where he went for it. I was shocked he went for it. He's v- usually very conservative. I thought he was just trying to draw him off sides. He went for it. They got it, led to a touchdown. So give him credit for that. But look, the Shanahan does get tight in these spots. Um, I, again, I would have gone second in overtime, but I, I, I don't think it's night and day where you you can certainly make a case for, uh, for you know, for going first like they did.
1: Yeah. So I don't think that there was any one thing where he said that is particularly egregious other than the 49ers players specifically not being up on the rules. I think that is something that even as a player and I, I, I would expect them to do their job to know these things on their own, but right. that your coaches haven't made that abundantly clear, I think does say something poorly about the coaching side of things. But in terms of in-game stuff, there was no one thing where I was like, that's what cost the 49ers the game. It was more or just like a, just a collection of various small little things that at the end of the day makes the difference in winning and losing and obviously again 25-22 the final there with the Kansas City Chiefs winning in overtime and, uh, and this was a
2: stormy special though because you could have teased any one of the sides the over the um, under the Chiefs or the 49ers all four sides of a teaser got home so, so this was uh, I did. That
1: is, that's, that's what I said yesterday I was like for as depressed as I am at least I'm not poor like I did well from the betting standpoint the teasers came through. I laid the juice for a Christian McCaffrey touchdown and had a big bet on that and that ended up coming through. At least I did not expect it to be a Juwan Jennings passing touchdown. I can tell you that much, but uh, it came through and we'll continue to preview. I mean, not preview, but recap what transpired in the Super Bowl with a couple of great guests. We're going to get the chief side of things with radio sideline reporter Josh Klingler as well as Niners Nation managing editor Kyle Posey over the course of the next hour or so. Um, And when we come back, some over Reactions to what transpired yesterday. Does our guy, Will Hill, agree or disagree? We'll get into it all and a whole lot more on today's edition of the Lombardi Line. Stay with us on in the Sports Betting Network.
0: This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is...
2: This
0: is the Lombardi line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, here's your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting
1: network. If you haven't already, make sure you check out the new vsin.com. The website's got a fresh new look, enhanced navigation, a mobile first focus, improved functionality, and a whole lot more, whether you are an avid, day to day better or just getting into the space. Plus, on the website today, the front page plenty of new great content, including our guy Adam Burke, who's got his thoughts on the 2025 NFL futures markets, already giving out some of his long shot plays early. We'll have Adam, by the way, join the Lombardi line today in our two on set live here at Circa Resort and Casino. But again, check out the new vsin.com today. We'll get into a little bit of those futures in a bit as well. But for now, uh, as Will Hill is in for Michael Lombardi today on the Lombardi line, let's do some more of these Super Bowl overreactions because we're seeing lots of headlines whether it be online or on some of these day-to-day talk shows that I think are are interesting and make for fun conversation whether we agree with them or not will and uh, one that has been making the rounds is that Patrick Mahomes is the goat already he's 28 years old he is the greatest of all time at the quarterback position overreaction or no what do you think
2: no not an overreaction he's the best he's the best I've ever seen he's Michael Jordan he's everything now if you're talking body of work, you can just say "Hey, Brady's got seven. He's only got three. Brady's got the better body of work. I mean, when you've played 25 years, uh, you can, can't compare that to six years. But Mahomes is the better player. Mahomes runs better. Mahomes just he, – he's the perfect player. He runs. He can escape pressure. Uh, he, he's got the rocket arm. He's just he, – he, he's everything. I mean, look, six years in the league um, – Six conference titles, four Super Bowl appearances, three titles. Now, it's funny. It's almost like it's similar to Brady. It's similar to LeBron James. These guys that make the Super Bowl all the time, make the NBA Finals. You could say he could have easily had like five or six titles like they couldn't block against Tampa. Uh, they could have easily beaten the Patriots that year. D4 jumped off sides. They blew a game to the Bengals. Now, you could easily say all the ones he won, he could have lost because they were down in all these games. So three is probably the right number. But even when he's not winning, he's right there. It's just it's an incredible career i was talking about this the other day with with Gil alexander on my podcast like do we see a lull from this at any point like is this just how it's going to be for his whole career where he's either in the super bowl winning the super bowl or close like brady as great as he was he went 10 years without winning it it'll be interesting like is this just the way of life is he is this kid going to make you know 10 12 super bowls it's uh, i can't put it past him but to me uh, just because of the running he's a better player I remember brady when he came into the league you know that first super bowl they won he threw one touchdown past the entire Postseason. Uh, he got hurt in the AFC title game. He was almost, you know, he was a conservative quarterback. They didn't let him do a lot. He sort of handcuffed. They won on defense. And even the last Super Bowl he won with New England, it was a 13 3 game. And this game is all on Mahomes. He's done it with bad defenses. Now they're better on defense this year. But to me, Mahomes, if you're just doing like a, a fantasy draft or a, not mm-hmm. even a fantasy draft, but if you're drafting these players, uh, to start your franchise with who's who's passing on prime home is one with the first pick. I mean, this is the player he's he, to me, he's the best. Uh, I'm sure you have that same respect going against him all these times.
1: Yeah, it's very frustrating. So I I almost wonder if there just needs to be a better term like like he's he's the best player that I've ever seen. Not even best quarterback, yes. just best NFL player that I've ever seen. He's done things that you just don't see in the game. He's so special. But then to your point about Tom Brady, he's got the seven titles. He won a Super Bowl in his 40s. The longevity is ridiculous. So right. I, I I don't know if it's a fair comparison, especially at, at this point in his career. Like, is, is, is Brady the greatest of all time currently, like where things sit right now until Patrick Mahomes has the titles that match that? And Mahomes is just the best player that we've seen. I don't know how you want to term it because you look at like in, in golf, for example, Jack Nicklaus might have three more majors than than Tiger Woods, but you're still going to say Tiger Woods is the greatest golfer you've ever right. seen. So it's I don't know. It's an interesting debate, I think. Um, I, I would still say that Brady is the GOAT, but Mahomes is the GOAT in waiting is the way I would term it right now, because the pace that he's on is absurd. And I don't think there's a question in, our, in anyone's mind that he's going to have more. And I was just telling you in the commercial break that the clutch factor that Patrick Mahomes has had in the playoffs is absurd this tweet from John Ewing since 2001 there have been 125 drives in the NFL postseason fourth quarter or overtime with a minute or less to play and a team trailing by seven points or less only 40 percent of those drives ended in the points needed to tie or take the lead Patrick Mahomes is seven for seven in those instances with a minute or less to play down seven or fewer that's insane insane so um, let's let's keep it going there because there are more. We talk about the Holmes factor. How about the coach? Andy Reid will win more Super Bowls than Bill Belichick. What do you think?
2: Oh, he's not going to win more. I mean, I think with his age, he'd have to win what another four to pass him. That's asking a lot. I, I did ask, uh, I, I did talk about this the other day. I think I tweeted out what's a fair over-under from Holmes uh, number of titles. I think that's a fair question. It's an interesting question. But at some point, like Reid's not going to be the coach. I don't know, eight years from now, 10 years from now. So I will go under. I think he probably wins another one. Maybe he wins another two, but getting to six, surpassing him, I think that's asking a lot. So I'll, I'll go under. I don't think he matches Belichick. And I, I definitely don't think he surpasses him.
1: It's tough when you win your first Super Bowl at 61. And they're having right. incredible success right now. But I agree that is a, a tough one to overcome. How about this one? We, we talk so much about the polarization of Brock Purdy for whatever reason. And there is still that narrative out there that the 49ers could or should maybe look to upgrade the position at some point. Are you a believer in Brock Purdy? How do you feel about that overreaction that Brock Purdy is not the guy that will be able to win a Super Bowl for San Francisco?
2: Oh, I think that's an overreaction. I mean, they they had the game won. I mean, that he walked off the field twice with a lead. Like I said, it's second and five. If they just run it three times for two yards, that's it. You're, they, they're walking off. They're kicking a the field goal. Brock Purdy's the champion, and we're all, or at least some people are saying, hey, it wasn't him. It was everybody else. But he's a good player. I wasn't as impressed with him, like from the Ravens game on. I didn't think he played great in the playoffs. I thought he was pretty good the other night. I didn't think he was great. But they have their quarterback. He's 24. He's young. He's cheap. Now they're gonna have to pay him at some point, which factors into hey, h- how how much staying power. Or do the 49ers have going forward the next five years? Eventually, you got to pay him. Eventually, McCaffrey gets old. Debo gets old. He, you know, you, when you have a talented team, you got to pay him. And that's difficult. But he's a good player. I don't, is he a great player? Like top three, top five? I don't think that far. But to me, he's a good B plus, A minus quarterback. You can absolutely win with him. They had the game one. I mean, they had the game one.
1: I don't think anybody could look at that loss and say oh, they didn't win the game because of Brock Purdy. Like that's no. that's not fair at all and if he's able to pick up where he left off this season and continue the at least like 80% of the numbers that he had this season, the 49ers are going to be just fine. He led the league in QBR, passer rating, success rate, yards per attempt, air yards per attempt, yards per completion, first downs per attempt, top five in total passing yards. Like the list goes on and on. He was great this year. So I I don't like the argument that he's not the guy. um, And especially at that cheap number that you mentioned um, will be important.
2: That's the thing though. Like uh, a year from now, two years from now, let's just say he puts out another good year and another good year. And you have to give him boy, these quarterbacks make a lot of money. You have to give him his 40 something million dollars a year. Then it's harder to keep the guys around him. Can he carry the team around him? That we will find out. But to me, look, he could play quarterback for my team any day. He's a hell of a player.
1: I think. Um, what about the Shanahan factor of this? How much you know, blame does the coach get for San Francisco losing this game? Because one of those overreactions is that similar to the Brock Purdy conversation, but maybe more heavy, is that Kyle Shanahan is not the guy. And we look at the comparisons to Andy Reid and his career where he was considered a choke artist for so many years and Philly not being able to get over the hump. He had to go somewhere else to have success. What do you think about Kyle Shanahan? Should, should I mean, the overreaction, should he be fired this offseason? I don't know about that. But will he be the guy in San Francisco long-term?
2: Yeah, he's a good coach. He's an outstanding play caller. I think he's a much better play caller than he is a head coach. I mean, we talked about in the first segment his players not knowing the rules. Sometimes these offensive guys, they get so lost in their playbook, they lose sight of the big picture, like not calling the timeout before the end of the first half. What he did at the end of the first half of the Green Bay game, he's had these moments where he gets a little conservative. He's not great with the clock, but Look, you could do a lot worse than him as a head coach. He's a good coach. And again, they're a play away from winning that game the other night. If the punt doesn't hit the foot, if a lot of things happen, uh, they win the Super Bowl. He had a 10-point lead with the ball the other day, uh, the other you know, time they played the, uh, the Chiefs four years ago. So, look, he's a good coach. Is there something to this, you know, blowing leads? I don't know that it's a coincidence. I don't think he's great in these spots. I would push back on the Andy Reid comparison because Andy Reid, like, yeah, there's a lot of parallels there. But Andy Reid won when he my Mahomes, so like yeah. I don't know, is the greatest quarterback of all time just going to fall into Kyle Shanahan's <laughs> lap uh, at the second half of his career? That's that's unlikely to happen. But to me, he's a hell of a coach. A lot of coaches, similar with Purdy, a lot of coach, a lot of teams would be lining up to have them to have you know Shanahan as their coach, Purdy as their quarterback.
1: Well, I'm still laughing to it earlier when you said maybe he didn't fully trust Purdy. Like I thought that Shanahan was tight. Purdy did not look tight to me in this game, so that's on him if that's how he feels. One more on the coaching front: Steve Spagnuolo should get another head coaching opportunity.
2: I, I wouldn't just because I think he's a perfect coordinator. Now I know somebody from the Rams. I think it was uh Demoff who tweeted out today. Hey, he took over a bad situation with the Rams. Everything was a mess. That wasn't a fair shot. I just feel like these guys that are older, they're defensive oriented. They're perfect as defensive coordinators. I, I don't think I'd go there as the head coach. I mean, it could be wrong, but like, would you be excited if he's your head coach? Sometimes, sometimes these guys are perfect as the number two. Sometimes, you, you know, you're better off being a uh, being Silvio as opposed yeah. to uh Tony Soprano. So, I, I could understand it. It's a little strange he hasn't gotten any interviews, but I think he's perfect as a defensive coordinator. He's a Hall of Fame defensive coordinator. He's one of the best of all time.
1: The NFL record, fourth Super Bowl as a coordinator. And you know what? Some people are just better as coordinators than head coaches. And that's that's OK. Um, I understand the argument, especially for a team like the Chiefs that had the second youngest. Like we forget about that. They're a very young group in the NFL right. defense this year. Um, just going to get better. We'll have to see what happens this offseason with Chris Jones, with LeJarrius Sneed and some other names. But um, Spags did an excellent job for a team that's known for offense to carry the team on uh, the defensive side of the ball. Let's look ahead to next year when we come back. Uh, who will, will the Chiefs 3 Pete? They're already talking about it. Or can the 49ers get back to greatness? We'll see.
0: There's no distance too far for the perfect trip.
1: Hi,
2: checking in for...
0: Or the perfect table.
2: Hey, where are you?
1: Coming!
0: And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card...
1: Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it
0: and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If you dare. This is The Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on V the sports betting network
1: with football season now in the rear view if you're looking for a betting edge on college hoops have no fear the VEASAN experts have you covered become a VEASAN pro subscriber with an introductory offer of only $9.99 subscribe today and get our daily best bet emails 24 7 video access the upcoming college hoops betting guide with bracket breakdowns plus full access to VEASAN.com with our exclusive betting split breakdowns on every game don't miss out though this is a limited time offer VEASAN.com slash subscribe is how you can sign up again just $9.99 V-SIN.com. Slash subscribe. That's V-S-I-N dot com slash subscribe. This is the Lombardi line on a Tuesday alongside Will Hill, Stormy Bon and Tony with you. And it is never too early, even with only one, two days removed from the Super Bowl that we're already looking ahead to next year's odds. And I love that books have these up even before the Super Bowl and just make their little subtle tweaks here. But we already know, Will, the 49ers are the favorite to get off the mat and try to avenge their Super Bowl. Bowl loss from this past Sunday and the Chiefs are right there as well as they look to three Pete and Andy Reid and Travis Kelsey already announcing that they're coming back trying to make history as the first team to do it in the Super Bowl era.
2: Yeah, and you just, you, you know, your first glance, I think the thing that jumps off the page is how damn good the AFC is because uh, the re- that's the reason the, the, the 49ers are the favorite. I mean, say, how how are the Chiefs not the favorite of the 49ers? The 49ers have the easier path. I mean, you could already pretty much give them the division next year. I mean, Seattle, Arizona, I guess the Rams, they'll be, you know, they, they were decent this year, but 49ers are going to get their 11, 12, 13 wins next year. They're going to be right there as a one or two seed. Meanwhile, if you're in the AFC, uh, I, I know, know, the boring answer is just take the Chiefs. I can't argue with that. You just say, hey, I'm going to put the Chiefs in my pocket right now. I'm going to look up next January, and they're probably going to be in the AFC title game. <laughs> I mean, how how could I possibly tell you you're wrong based on uh, history? I guess the only thing you'd say is one of these years they are just going to, I don't know, not fire. Mahomes will get hurt. they lose in the wild card. Uh, eventually, this is not going to be just you know a 15-year career. where all 15 years. He makes the Super Bowl or makes the AFC title game. So I, I can't argue with Chiefs. 49ers have... Uh, the, the easier path, the AFC is just an absolute gauntlet. If you want to, if you're looking for one, that's a, a little bit of a longer shot. And again, I don't feel like any of these are great value. I did it last year. I'm, I'm going to go back to the well. How about the jets shop around? I seen some 25 oh to one, some 30 to one. Why are 1. you the
1: way that you are?
2: I don't know. I don't <laughs> know. Well, I'll, I'll make my case here. You got a quarterback and you got a defense. I wish they'd move on from the coach. I mean, this is what, five, four years of salary. He's just had an awful record. I, I would Look, I know nobody wants to hire Belichick. I'd much rather have Belichick coaching my team than Robert Sala. But you got a quarterback. You got a defense. They we're bad enough this year where they got a decent draft pick. So if you can, it's supposedly like, I'm not a draft expert, but it's supposedly a good draft for offensive linemen. Again, they got a a decent pick when you're picking high in the first round. That means you're picking high in the second, third round. So if you hit a home run on the draft and they've had some good drafts recently, a defense, a quarterback, uh, some skill guys, Wilson's as good as anybody. They can just put the finishing pieces around it. Maybe say, hey, maybe Buffalo's missed their window. Uh, Miami. We've seen that they're flawed. Again, everyone in the AFC has got a tough pass. So they, they do as well, but Um, Rogers, I would think would have something to prove, especially with how well love played for green Bay this year. I think Rogers is going to have a chip on his shoulder. So we never got to see it this year. It was really one of the more disappointing things of the season, not getting to see that because I was so curious to see how he do. I thought they were going to do well. Uh, and we just, we never got an answer to that question Four plays in, we know what happened. So. If you're looking for a fun one, the Jets would be would be one um, I I would look at. And boy, the Texans seem low. I know they're in the right direction with the quarterback, the coach. But then at 22 to one, like just because you take a step forward one year, it's not always linear. You you take a step forward one year. It doesn't make it it doesn't mean you take another step forward the next year. Sometimes it's two step forwards, one step back. That's that's again, the Jags in that division. That's not the hardest division, but um, I don't, I don't know. Do you have anything that jumps off the page? If I gave you a hundred dollar free bet right now, who would you use it on?
1: Uh, I'm still kind of going through it a little bit with what you said about the Texans too, and their schedule this past year, because they were the worst in the division. They have one of the easier schedules and, and, and all of that. I think that the Texans and Packers are both going to be pretty popular picks, maybe even for M. MVP as well with Love and CJ Stroud going into this year. I could see those being some of those names at slightly better odds that you might have interest in. I I just have such a, a hard time looking at the market at this time of year before like I need to get like five games into the season before I want anything in the futures market to start to get a feel for who's going to be good and who's who's not. Uh, I, I do have a fun fact for you though about Kansas City is they look to three-peat. Thought this was interesting. If you go back to the, the previous eight teams who have won two Super Bowls in a row none of them have made it back to the big game and only three made it back to their conference championships and and none of them winning those games now I know that the Chiefs are a little bit of a different animal because they are always seemingly in the AFC championship how crazy is this if Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs were to lose the AFC championship in regulation next year that would be the worst postseason finish for Mahomes that's absurd
2: amazing and uh, like a lot of teams like i'm a vikings fan i've seen my team in the nfc title game what three four times uh falcons saints giants and eagles four times in 30 years like talking about the jets the jets went there back-to-back times in uh 10 and uh oh nine and in 2010 they went there 98 with parse or 99 yeah 98 with parcells like A lot of teams like the Browns, you know, talk to a Browns fan about going to an AFC title game. The Lions just got there for the first time. It's hard. It's hard to get to a final four. They've uh, they've made it look easy. That's what would make me concerned about the 49ers. I know they got a young quarterback, but this is four times in five years. They've been to the final four or later, you know, a 10 point lead against the Chiefs in both times. They had a lead against the Rams in that title game last year against, uh, against Philly. Purdy gets hurt. There's nothing you can do, but. Like the, the circus doesn't stay in town forever. Like at some point, you know your core gets old. You just you, you, this this isn't a, a sport where you know you have a ten year run. Pretty much where you just get to play for Super Bowls every time. Yeah, out. but like when you have the great quarterback, <laughs> that like when you have the great quarterback that overrides it. But. That's very rare. It's very hard to get back.
1: I I totally understand what you're saying, but I would rather have my money on San Francisco than I would the Jets, who have the longest postseason drought in major professional sports currently. And like, I would rather have a team that at least has current form versus one that hasn't even got to the postseason to win the Super Bowl. I think that's why so many people were anti the Detroit Lions train this year in terms of winning a Super Bowl because they just hadn't been there. They hadn't had the experience in the postseason for such a long time. And like, I think that the Lions are just going to continue to develop and get better uh, as they go under Dan Campbell. I'm so glad. This is another thing. Sorry, I'm like, I always say this. I'm like the dog from Up where he's like squirrel and he just goes off on random things here. But I'm thinking about the Lions and how they kept... they stuck with Dan Campbell. And we see so many of these just quick trigger firings. But imagine what the Lions are doing right now if they didn't have Dan Campbell and they didn't believe in him after those rough two first years. The back, like halfway through last season, even there were rumblings that he might get fired and they just go on this crazy run. This year, they were such an awesome, fun team. They should have won the NFC Championship. There's no question about it. The 49ers got lucky from that standpoint. But I think the Lions are a more intriguing option this coming year than they were this year because now at least they have have a little postseason experience under their belt.
2: Minnesota fifty-five to one. Ugh. They were. Pra-
0: what about what about, like the Bra- what
1: about the Browns? If they actually have a quarterback, if Deshaun Watson can can play, they, can that, that is a great. I asked that to Michael yesterday. To I don't know, but if he if they could I, get I need
2: more than thirty-five to one, I just haven't seen it from Watson. But it's that's just, what I'm saying. He,
1: if they could get eighty-five percent of what he once was, could they not be at, at least an AFC contender?
2: Sure. I mean they got the defense. They've got a good team. I mean how they won with uh they they won with Flacco, the the comeback player of the year, Joe Flacco, oh, yes. I should say. Um, I just think Vikings 55 to one is interesting. Flores turned that defense around Flores did not get a head coaching job. So he'll be back. He is one of the like behind. You got to start the list with Spagnolo out of respect, but Flores might be second, third best defensive coordinator. Uh, That's a team that beat San Francisco handily on Monday night. And that, that stat still holds up. Anybody that's lost to Kirk cousins has never won a super bowl, but the Vikings beat them. Like when they had their, their guys, like I know they started one and four, they lost some close games, but Jefferson Addison, uh, if you bring Cousins back, it's a decent offensive line. Flores fixed the defense. The NFC is weak. Vikings are 55 to 1. That That's not worth that. That's not a bad bet.
1: What about the the Ravens? Obviously, they were so good on both sides of the ball. Lamar Jackson, now a two-time MVP. They do lose their defensive coordinator, who's off to a new head coaching job. But but what do you think about them? Could they get back to where they were and actually have postseason success? The issue with the Ravens every year is they're great regular season team, and they don't get it done in the playoffs.
2: I mean, they could, but I mean, we're talking nine to one again. You're in a division where Burrow's back. You're in a division where the Browns are really good. Uh, The rest of the AFC, you got Mahomes. You've got uh, uh, Herbert Allen. That's another thing. Herbert's going to be like, I don't know if Harbaugh is going to win right away. But Harbaugh wins wherever he's going to go. Yeah, they'll be good. He'll he'll figure it out. He's got a quarterback. He's a psychopath. He's going to win no matter where he is. So the AFC is just so hard. I think the Ravens. You don't want to say they missed their window because you still have Lamar. He's still young enough. But, you know, at some point he's going to lose a step two. Uh, that was a terrible loss the way they lost to the Chiefs. So I, I would not be backing the Ravens at 9-1. to one.
1: I feel like when it comes to the Chargers, I said this to Michael the other day, I would be more surprised if the Chargers didn't have immediate success than if they did. I just feel like Jim brings a different type of mentality and attitude, and he's so good with quarterbacks. You think about the quarterbacks he's had in the past. Andrew Luck, really the only great one. Everybody else that he's coached has been subpar and he's gotten more out of them than they should be.
2: Yeah. And they're, they're going to be tough. They're going to tackle well. Like they've been yeah. so soft offensively. Physical. They haven't been good against the run. Exactly. And I, I like, I'm not a cap expert, but everyone says they're in cap hell. They're gonna have to cut some of these guys, but look, he's going to figure it out. He's a good coach. He's going to be motivated. I, I, like I would not bet against them yeah. having a good season.
1: We will uh, get into some more of this odds futures conversation later on in hour two when Adam Burke joins us live in studio. He's already got some plays, some long shots he feels comfortable in, one that we did not talk about yet. So I'm curious to get your opinion on that one. But when we return, let's get back to the Chiefs side of things. Sideline reporter Josh Klingler will join us next. He was out here in Vegas all week, get the lowdown on the two time back to back champs. MoPlay. play